This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Xiaoyi. Today, we are kicking off a new series called Counselor's Corner. And uh, we will be getting counselors uh, to join us on this show to offer advice on various issues related to psychological, uh, mental and emotional well-being. And with Valentine's Day around the corner, um, you know, just... Uh, Right in there, the mix, right in the mix uh, with Chinese New Year, we thought we would look at relationships and dating issues. So, joining us to answer all your questions is licensed counselor here in core. So, you know, whether um, it is to do with a relationship you're currently in or you are navigating the ups and downs of the dating life, you can call us with your questions 03 you can also WhatsApp our U mobile number at 018-789-8899. You can send us messages or voice notes on WhatsApp. Here and thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good and a pleasure as always. So here and I have maybe a philosophical question to start with. What is love? Um, and that's not the first line of a song, but I think something that we, many of us go through life trying to figure out. Is there a universal experience of love? Is it different for everyone? Um, how do you, how would you help us understand it? Um, well, that's the sciencey side of it, which is, you know, that we're driven by pheromones. Mm-hmm. Um, in seeking out mates, but so as not to bore your listeners, um, I'm more interested in the human stories. And um, to an extent, uh, yes, there are similarities in human experiences and uh, because the discussion today is around romantic love, so um, it's, it's around those parameters that I will speak about it. Um, we've all had um, that, you know, spark of passion when you see someone maybe for the first time um, the chemistry that you the crackling chemistry that you feel um, usually it is driven by some um, attraction towards that person Um, physical because that's the first thing we tend to notice we are very visual creatures Mm -hmm. Um, so Passion, that's something we've all experienced. Um, Attraction, um, usually towards some attributes, that's something that we all will have had a universal experience with. But love, um, it's one word, but it it has so many layers. It's so deep, so many shades uh, of love. And I like to, when I talk about love, uh, even with people who come in to to speak with me, um, depending on where you are at in the stages of your relationship, you know, that's the spring of love mm-hmm. when it first blossoms. Um, and, um, you know, we, we have stars in our eyes and, you know, we have uh, dreams of what a future with someone might look like. And, um, you know, if the attraction is mutual, strong enough, it then leads us into the summer of love, where, you know, love blossoms. You then um, think of a partnership um, and you navigate it to that point of being with someone uh, with exclusivity. 
And then um, if you've been together long enough, you get into the autumn, the season of autumn. And that is where um, it settles um, into something stable, where people choose to be with each other and uh, you find companionship. Um, and you find joys in doing little things, uh, mundane things, but the things that um, give meaning to our existence here, the small things that you do for your home, going and buying things for your home together, holding hands while you're on the way to um, picking up groceries. Um, it settles into that sort of companionship. And then, you know, in the winter, in the winter of love, um, these are people who have, um, they may have lost that person mm. that they loved. Um, and that love stays. Although you loved a human person, um, it doesn't mean that the love dies when they die. Um, but it becomes a different shade of love. Um, it now lives inside you um, on the memories that you made together. For some uh, who nurse and care for their partners um, who are ill, um, that's a different kind of love. That's unconditional love because really at that point in your life, in the twilight years, there is nothing to be gained from the other person. Mm. Um, and we stay because we choose to. We stay out of the goodness of our hearts because uh, we want to honour that person that you've, you've made a life with. And there's nothing to be gained anymore. So it's unconditional. Without that expectation of reciprocity. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So what you've described um, is that continuum, I guess, that many people try to look for um, in a life partner. Um, and it's interesting. I'm going to start diving right into questions because um, we had um, been asking around um, for uh, people's questions already. Uh, and of course, for the rest of you listening, um, please remember to send in your questions and we'll get to them. It's interesting you mentioned that word exclusivity, which is something that you move on to um, in the summer of your, uh, uh, the summer of love, right? And um, a particularly modern slang that has come up now is situationship. And Jason um, has asked, what is your opinion on situationships? What is with this unwillingness to commit and, and is it healthy? Um, so I had to look up situationship, by the way, being um, uh, oldie myself. And I understand that it means a relationship or some sort of interaction that's undefined and non-committal. So what do you think? You know, since the dawn of time, we've had so many ships. And <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there was a point before the situationships where, you know, we were shipping people's names together and uh, you had all sorts of permutations like uh, Brangelina is one of them that comes <laughs> right. to mind. Uh, but, you know, coming back to your question. Uh, so, yes, a situationship is a fairly new uh, phenomenon. And uh, it essentially is, uh, usually involves a romantic hookup. But really, uh, without the... Um, defining ingredients that make a relationship. There may or may not be physical intimacy involved. Um, you choose to spend time together because you want to and there must be some mutualness that uh, keeps uh, these two individuals together. Um, but it doesn't have necessarily the ingredients that make up 
um, a an exclusive relationship, meaning uh, they may not be committed to each other. They may not necessarily be looking at a future together, or one may be, but the other one may not be. Uh, so there may be exclusivity on the part of one person, but not necessarily on the other person's side. Um, so that essentially is a situationship, a relationship, but without the defining ingredients that make up a romantic relationship per se. So then the, Jason's question is also, is it healthy, right? Because um, if both um, sides are okay with the um, looseness of things, that's probably fine. But if there's an imbalance in expectations... Then I would ask that person who is looking for something more per- permanent, what are you doing in a situationship? Uh, what is the situationship doing for you? Um, and what's brought, what's brought you to this point where uh, there's this imbalance? So this individual may be looking at something more permanent, but may not be getting it. It may not be reciprocal. So what is this person doing, hanging on? Uh, are you hanging on because you've received signals that the other person may at some point change their minds? Or uh, is there something deeper that's underlying this? Meaning, you know, maybe your own personal issues um, that are causing you to hold on to this, although you are not getting uh, what you want. Mm. Um, another question is, is there such a thing as um, we are not the right fit? And I'm thinking about it in a situation like that, perhaps where um, the, again, the imbalance or expectations are different between one partner and another. Um, when you first enter that spring of love, um, somebody may seem like the right fit. But can that change over time? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because a relationships just like us, because relationships are born of people. And just like us, they are also dynamic. We change, our values, um, our beliefs may also change and therefore then that um, has an influence over your relationship together. Mm. Um, Might somebody say, I mean, I guess, you know, uh, many people find themselves in this situation of um, trying to hold on um, perhaps because somebody um, just seems to fit or tick the boxes of being a, a good partner or somebody that you, you should be with, right? Um, how would how should they navigate the situation if really things just aren't working out? Then it may be inevitable that uh, a discussion will have to take place about where this relationship is headed. Um, typically, we don't really tend to have those kind of discussions because they're very clinical discussions. And uh, we are, to a large extent, driven by... um, Yes, we are intellectual people. Uh, We have the element of contemplation. But so much of us is also our biochemistry. Mm. We are driven by um, our attraction towards another person. Uh, And uh, sometimes we don't discuss it. Um, but they tick the boxes, these invisible boxes uh, in our heads because we ourselves are influenced by, by what we've grown up watching. Usually that's premised along uh, the uh, relationships of the older folks in the family. Typically your own parents, 
um, and you may have uh, certain attributes that you think make a good partner and uh, because those boxes have been ticked um, you think we're good to go but those that that communication never took place so somewhere along the line uh, when conflicts happen then you come to realize that um, a lot of things weren't discussed so I would say uh, communication is very important and uh, more than communication I'd say comprehension is very important because uh, I came across uh, this very interesting uh, phrase the other day and um, I believe it's something someone has written. I used to believe communication is key until I came to realize it's comprehension because without comprehension, everything is noise. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you may have parallel conversations going on, but no one's really listening to each other. Mm. And then uh, the con- conflicts never get resolved. Mm. It's that um, perennial um, sort of uh, wisdom of you, are you really listening? You may hear what they're saying, but are you really listening to mm-hmm. them? Get your questions in for Hiran, um, licensed counsellor Hiran Kaur, in the studio with me today for our very first episode of Counsellor's Corner. And we're talking about love, dating and relationships. She's here to try to tackle your questions um, with Valentine's Day around the corner. I think this is something that is on everyone's minds. So you can call us at 03-7733-2900. WhatsApp our U mobile number at 018. 018- 789-8899 with a message or a voice note and we'll be right back after this short break to continue with more questions that we have for Hiran. so stay tuned BFM 89.9 Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shaoik, and my guest in the studio with me, licensed counsellor Hiran Kaur. It's our first episode of Counsellor's Corner, which we're hoping to turn into a regular series. And today we are taking in your questions about love, dating, and relationships for Hiran to address. So call us at 03-7733-2900. You can also WhatsApp us your messages or voice notes at 018-789-8899. We did, you know, sort of um, put up a question on our social media accounts as well to ask our followers what they thought was the number one reason for breakups. And I want to read out what Q had to say before I go into some of the questions that are related to this. Um, the number one reason for breakups, Q says, is the waning energy to remain romantic. One fine day, either one or both partners snaps out of it due to the realisation that there is more to being partners than all the surface, emotionally driven gestures. And Danny adds to that to say that the sense of duty to sustain a relationship is more important than romantic feelings which are fleeting. And so, you know, with that in mind, with um, Danny and Q's thoughts, there's also a question from Yasmin, who's asking, what if I stop having feelings for my long-term partner? I don't feel that spark anymore, that spring and summer of love, right? I find myself getting annoyed with them. Um, I'm still with them because I care about them a lot. Um, But I'm scared of telling my partner that I'm losing these feelings. How much should I communicate? Can my feelings be reignited? Or should I just end things? If this relationship is worth saving, then I'd say um, you ought, one, communicate. 
again, I'm premising this on, uh, you know, the possibility that there's still communication going on. So communicate and get help. Um, should you com- should you continue with the relationship? Um, that is a question only a person in a relationship can decide on. Um, but if you think that um, on a balance of probabilities, there are more um, upsides to the relationship rather than downsides, then uh, it's worth saving. But you may not know how to save it, which is where you get help. Is it possible to reignite uh, sparks? Absolutely. Because um, especially in this day and age, uh, there are so many stresses um that is why I like to look at it uh, at love in you know as seasonal because um, they're not it's not linear that's not to say uh you know if you've lost your spark you once you' <laughs> yes you can't go back but relationships take hard work they are a lot of hard work and somewhere along the way um the spark diminishes because there are so many other push and pull factors coming in. Um, there's work stress, um, financial concerns maybe uh, maybe coming in um, as uh, you know is people who who are on the eastern side of the world and you know with our Asian sensibilities um, there are usually more than two people. Mm. Um, like I like to say this with uh, Asians or with young Asians uh, who I speak with, you know, when you marry mostly in our cultures. When you marry the person, you also marry the family. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and uh, we, we need to keep in mind that this individual that you chose to be with, although you have built a vision of a new world with them, they were whole people when you met. They were individuals in their own right uh, who had their own ecosystems that they came from. And uh, at some point... That's going to come into uh, the permutation of that relationship. So how much of that do you want to um, you know, subscribe to, continue subscribing to? That may be a factor. So there's so many uh, things that come in uh, when you look at uh, you know, taking a relationship on for the long term. Um, and somewhere along the way, the spark may diminish. Can it be re- uh, reignited? Absolutely. Usually I like to ask, what's the first thing that attracted you about this person? What was it that made you think you'd like to envision a future with this person? That's a good start point because it reminds you about where it all started. What made you think? What made you consider a relationship with this person? Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of um, when you are in a relationship with an individual you're in a relationship with their family. We have another question here that we got on social media. Um, This person says, I'm stuck in between my spouse and parents who disagree with each other on fundamental things like buying a house. I hate taking a side, but I don't want to disappoint my parents. How do I bridge the gap between them without causing further anger? Is one party always going to, quote unquote, lose? Um, it becomes very tricky when we're looking at things as a zero-sum game. And um, now I do not have enough details with this. So, you know, we'll, we'll take it as um, based on what what information we have. Mm-hmm. 
I'd say approach the party or parties that you have, you think, a more open communication with because um, it's a very hard thing to be stuck in the middle. Um, the And the easier thing to do would be to approach um, the one that you have more openness with. Uh, the one that you think you can be uh, vulnerable with, you can show your ugly side too, but they have the ability to move on from that. They're not going to hold that against you. They are not going to weaponize what you've said, and then pull it out and throw it in your face five years down uh, you know, the, the lines and say, well, but you said da-da-da-da-da. Um, so approach the party that you have the uh, more openness with and a greater level of um, stability and safety with. And then try and see if you can um, get them to understand where you're stuck in, what this is doing to you, how um, you're actually not really the person who's making the calls here. You're not making the decisions, but you're stuck between the decisions. But um, at some point, something's going to have to prevail. That may be you, it may be the spouse, or it may be the family something's going to have to prevail, but not necessarily in the way that we first started out. Uh, so not a total loss and total win, but it is possible to have a win-win, but it's hard. Mm. A lot of work has to be done uh, with both sides. Because um, some things seem like potential deal-breakers almost. Um, then, then situation is related to religion and marriage. Mm. Um, and in our culture, this is so difficult to navigate openly. Um, do you think that the same principles um, apply here as well as what you mentioned about finding the party that you feel you are most you know, safe with to, to, to start talking about this? Um, yes. Um, but the permutations here may be slightly different because uh, we're, we're now talking about um, religion, faith, belief. And uh, for again, that runs deep for some people, deeper for some than others. Um, and uh, you will have to um, you will have to navigate your way through some very difficult discussions. And eventually, sometimes the eventual outcome is, you know, you don't get a win-win. You, one, um, one side will have to prevail over the other. Um, and that is also a very tough call to make. Um, I will say, though, that uh, when it comes to families, um, I, was, I, I forgot to address this earlier when you brought it up. Um, besides couples counselling and uh, relationship counselling, marriage counselling, there's also family counselling. There are therapists who are trained to work with families. So sometimes when you get into a point of stuckness and you just don't see a way out, that is another avenue you can avail of. Mm. Um, and But, you know, it means having to... Uh, Convince, yeah. convince everyone um, to turn up, and then um, and uh, it takes a fair bit of skill uh, to go and you know see a skilled therapist, and then we try and figure out uh, how we can make this work for everyone, 
um, in a way that's acceptable. Mm. Um, we've got some questions that are really interesting because I think they touch at the heart of um, sort of younger people um, navigating dating and relationships. Um, we've got one from Elizie. Um, who's asking, what happens if my boyfriend is pressuring me to make our relationship official, but when I do post about us um, online, he suddenly wants to break up? What am I supposed to do with that? Um, I'm not even the one who asked for this, and now I'm the one getting hurt, and I'm confused. Run. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a direct answer. Run? No. Um... Okay, this has red flags all over it because um, what seems to have happened is this person is um, using um, you for some validation. Um, There seems to be elements of toxicity uh, because this person um, needed to get an affirmation that he's in a relationship with you and then when uh, you buck, buckle under pressure and you put, put it out there, he then does uh, an about turn and says, um, is now unhappy about that. So um, that's a no win for you in any event. So um, it is something internal about that person that's driving this behavior. And that is not something that uh, you can do anything about. This person needs help. Mm. Yeah. Um, sex and intimacy. A couple of um, questions uh, in terms of um, how that affects relationships. Uh, one from Z. Is sex important in maintaining a relationship? I have a high sex drive, but my partner has a low sex drive. It's been a few months since we've been intimate. Um, He never seems to be in the mood. Um, Do I need to tell him that I need more intimacy or is this grounds to break up? Is it grounds to to break up? Um, If you're still considering whether you, you know, you want to tell this person that then that says to me that um, it's a discussion that um, seems to be hanging Meaning, communication hasn't happened. Yes, absolutely, communication needs to happen. Comprehension needs to take place. Do you need to break it off? Um, Perhaps, again, get help because there's a need to understand what may be driving, uh, you know, the uh, mismatch in libidos. And um, again, you know, help easily available um, to have discussions like this. Mm. Um, another one about sex and intimacy, but also related to expectations uh, and possibly pressure, right? You used that word just now. ASY um, is saying, what if one wants to delay sexual intimacy until they get married, but the other partner wants to be intimate? Should we stay together? I don't think this is something I can compromise on. So if the position is that it's not something you can compromise on, then um, it looks like there is no room for negotiation. Mm. <laughs> as simple as that, yes. isn't it? But um, based on the assumption that you have tried to communicate and, and make that 
communication and comprehension happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of our conversation is really centered around those two words, isn't it? Communication and comprehension. And we'll continue to dive into a few more questions after a quick break. But do send in your questions via WhatsApp if you'd like to. 018-789-8899. You can also call us at 03-7733-2900. Licensed counsellor here in core in the studio with me. And we're discussing love, dating and relationships. We'll be right back on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik, and my guest today, licensed counsellor, Hiran Kaur. She is in the studio to take your questions about love, relationships, and dating. So call us at 03-7733-2900. Or if you'd prefer to remain anonymous, you can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Um, but of course, we have had other questions uh, that we have been compiling. And so here's another one that um, is, ooh, interesting. Rich Roy, um, a guy that I'm seeing watches pornography and to me, it seems like he might have an addiction. Um, Should I break it off? How do I tell him that watching pornography very frequently is actually not normal? Interesting one. Mm. Um, So... Uh, you know, uh, it seems like the, the the presumption here is there's some sort of addiction going on, and uh, you know, addiction is a very um, it's actually a very specific um, clinical uh, thing, mm. and uh, you know, there are ways for us to to identify whether this is actually a full blown addiction. But without going, um, you know, and uh, actually, it's 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 so difficult, it's so contentious. Uh, that uh, there was a proposal to include uh, sex addiction as a um, in the DSM five, that is the diagnostics and uh, statistics uh, statistical manual that we use um, in in uh, diagnosing, uh, but it was rejected. Uh, so as as of now, as at this point with the DSM five, it is not included as a as an addiction. Mm. Uh, so that's how um, how grey. Uh, the area with addictions is, mm. but there are specific ingredients that need to happen, that need to be fulfilled for you to qu- you know, qu- uh, qualify this as an addiction. So, um, why this person has termed it as an addiction, that is hard to say, but um, in, a, in a nutshell, if it is getting in the way of your relationship, because... Um, it we can't you can't say some that a disorder is happening unless it influences and it takes over uh, it eats into your life uh in into your partnership so if this person is using watching pornography as a release uh as a way to cope then that is a coping mechanism is it necessarily eating into your relationship? That is something that needs to be explored. Mm. Um, and, you know, without demonizing or without um, endorsing mm. pornography, uh, what I am saying is um, a discussion, an honest discussion needs to happen uh, what pornography is doing for this person. Because... Um, 
if someone is saying, uh, you know, I, I cope by uh, baking, this person may say, well, this is how I cope. Um, and it's just merely a coping mechanism without influencing the partnership, without eating into the relationship. Then uh, really, um, it becomes a, a moralistic argument. So that's something that we, you know, needs to be explored. Are you making this call that you think your partner is, has a sex addiction because you are making a moralistic call? Or is it really uh, an addiction because it fulfills the criteria of, of an addiction? Mm. Yep. So it comes down to um, what is the impact on your relationship, your dynamics with each other, um, your interactions. Um, speaking of communication, um, here's one from Kaisha. My boyfriend doesn't talk to me about his problems um, or um, how he's feeling when he's down. Um, he'd rather keep to himself. He says nothing is wrong. He doesn't want to burden me. What do I do? Um, how can I tell him um, that he can talk to me? Um, because on the flip side, sometimes he takes it out on our relationship by being cold and dismissive to me. Uh, we may need to explore, you know, what kind of attachment styles are going on here. And uh, attachment styles in relationships, as of now, there are four major ones. There's the anxious uh, attachment style, where uh, one party or both may be preoccupied that this relation is going, uh, the relationship is going to end. And so uh, they tend to indulge in behaviours um, that can border on, you know, being excessively clingy, trying to keep the relationship from unravelling. Uh, you may have a partner or both, may be avoidant. Um, and uh, this one sounds like it may be along these lines where a person is being dismissive of the other. Um, and we need to address where that dismissal is coming from. Uh, is it because, um, you know, he thinks that um, he ought to be able to resolve issues by himself? Or is there some underlying fear that, that if it is, uh, you know, issues are brought out in the open, um, that it's going to cause bigger problems for the, the, for the relationship? Uh, then you have disorganized styles of uh, attachment where parties are fearful of each other. So um, constantly treading on eggshells. And they don't want to have, you know, honest discussions because they're fearful. And then, of course, on the other end of the spectrum, you have secure relationships where, you know, they've, they've settled into some level of comfort where open discussions can take place without fear of one person weaponizing the other. Yeah. So with the, the three that you described, um, you know, at first... They seem to be so discordant, right? Uh, if one partner or, or both are like that, then um, it does make me wonder, and you hear of people staying on in relationships for years with these kinds of styles and patterns of behaviour. Mm. Why do people do that? Why do people um, still stay on and let these things um, potentially fester and, and damage a relationship? Well, there are individual reasons and then there are bigger reasons. People tend to stick on, uh, on in, you know, individually because they subscribe to the idea that uh, they are in this um, till death do us part, mm -hmm. right? So people stay on uh, for that. And then culturally, traditionally, um, 
that's the whole thing with you know losing face uh throwing in the towel is not an option because um how do you explain this mm-hmm. you know uh it becomes very difficult to explain this off to other people um and so they carry on for years and years and years um without um wanting to bring it to an end for some people especially in the older folks probably uh people of um, you know our parents generation i think just even the thought of ending it was never an option absolutely yeah what will people say yeah yeah uh we have um S on WhatsApp who's asking for a friend. Our questions are getting very spicy lah here in. <laughs> What are your thoughts on open marriage um or when couples want to indulge in some I'm going to call it kinks? Um is it healthy if both partners are okay with it or will there be negative impact in the long term? Um I usually premise my responses along the lines of if you have healthy individuals who are making choices normal healthy adults who are making choices that they they can consent to and the other person can consent to then we don't have a problem we have issues if there is exploitation going on we have issues if there's abuse going on but in the absence of an active perpetrator if you have both parties who are open to experimenting then um it those are in those are individual choices those are partnership choices that people should be able to make yeah i do want to point out and perhaps this is um you know to be explored um separately but being in a marriage does not necessarily equal consent uh and there is still um that layer of communication um consensual um you know sort of choice that needs to happen um i want to address leila's question Leila says I'm in a pretty stable and serious long-term relationship but sometimes I get crushes or be attracted become attracted to other random guys people I see often enough but don't necessarily know very well I would never cheat on my partner but is it normal to have these crushes I feel so guilty and it makes me think that we need to break up even though there's nothing wrong and um, these crushes do go away after a period of time um this kind of goes back to the beginning of uh you know what we address in the mm. show isn't it um uh, where i i pointed out that you know we are very sensory creatures we are drawn to others for many reasons some of us just uh by the physical attributes because we find someone good looking uh, other people um you know they they may get mesmerized by the eyes uh somebody will talk about uh, a smile Uh, some people have uh, stories to tell about you know how how good someone smelled mm. right so we get drawn to people for different reasons but it is very important to make a demarcation about what is the essence of where this guilt is coming from and that is something that ought to be addressed because just uh, very recently i had a, a quite a heartbreaking discussion with a young lady and uh, she um had gone out 
on a on an outing with her girlfriends and then in an inebriated state so um she wasn't really exactly aware of what was going on and in that state of being in, inebriated she was um con- she she was convinced or made to be convinced of uh by a um a, a guy uh who liked her he was attracted to her um i i'm guessing didn't know how to say this how to do it differently convinced her that in her in that state physical intimacy had taken place between the two of them and um she woke up the next morning um you know kind of wondering uh, not really fully believing what he had said but at the same time not entirely sure because she wasn't very conscious um and she was actually in a uh, committed relationship with another person at the time and she met him on a holiday uh, i mean this this other person she met him on a holiday and uh, he just happened to hang out with the group that she was with and that's how uh, they crossed paths and uh, just driven by guilt she broke off that relationship her mm. her a long term relationship mm. because she was so wrecked by guilt thinking that she had wronged the other partner and that is how insidious guilt can become uh it has a potential to to um wreck relationships so um please um differentiate between normal um attractions that are sensorily driven because you find certain attributes attractive in whatever you're seeing and then an actual encounter with someone that breaches the exclusivity you have with your partner they are not the same thing on that note jude or maybe it's judy i'm not sure jude is asking about people who cheat on their spouses um what's the reason or the mentality behind it and can you really forgive and forget Uh, people are driven to cheat for many different reasons sometimes um you don't hear or you don't get what you want in your relationship and and so you seek that outside um that could be a reason um sometimes it is purely driven by a need for validation because validation is not forthcoming in this relationship therefore you seek it outside sometimes it is driven by crisis like we've all heard of a midlife crisis um and uh, although it is not um it is not a um it's not a diagnosis of any sort but we all have stories to tell about um you know crisis that happen ar- around you know the this time mm. and uh it that may be driving uh this your your need for affirmation mm. because you're not getting what you need from your your relationship which maybe i guess might be a good time to address uh, you know the love languages yeah so uh love languages um they came about uh in a book in a non-fiction book in 1992 written by uh Gary Chapman and uh, the book is how to express heartfelt communication to your mate so those love languages have now become these uh, flag bearers of you know in a, in relationships and uh you may have a person who likes hearing that 
words of affirmation. But if you have your partner who may, for example, uh, who keeps bombarding you with gifts, right? And I actually know of a couple that uh, eventually broke this off because um, the girl really need what she wanted was to hear words that affirmed her from her partner and he kept bombarding her with gifts and the more gifts that came her way the more uh, annoyed and resentful she became and then of course in as she com- as she's communicating this to to him uh, he couldn't understand mm-hmm. uh, why she wasn't appreciating the gifts yep. so that brought then different stresses into their relationship eventually the relationship did not work out mm-hmm. and um, that was a mismatch in needs what you needed and what he needed were two uh, very different things mm. so an alignment of some sort needs to take place about um you know your vision uh, going into a long term relationship which is something that we will address in therapy if you're talking about uh, couples who come in Um, some come in. Some come in with conflicts already having taken place. Some come in um, because they want to avoid conflicts, and so we uh, address: What are your wants? Uh, what's the direction you want to take your relationship into? Uh, how do we evaluate what's working and what's not working? And if something's not working, how do we go back to the drawing board? You know, how do we plan uh, to change things up so that? we can align your values um your beliefs your needs and your wants to try and get them as close as possible to match so that you that vision of a shared life together can come to fruition if not this is what will happen it's like working on a project isn't it and that's what it is yeah. relationships are projects yeah, not magic no. but um very quickly um here in jude's question can you forgive and forget after one has cheated um very individual uh can v- very very individual but i will venture a guess that um there will be lingering aftermaths for a very long time Um, it's just like an earthquake, you know. You have the epicenter, and then you have the cracks uh, that go. So, um, if the cheating was the epicenter of that earthquake, um, the fissures are going to go on probably for a very long time, um, and that's going to take a lot of uh, work and a lot of commitment, a lot of unconditional commitment to have to uh, to be able to forgive that transgression. We are running out of time. Um, I have compressed probably hours of your sessions <laughs> into uh, just less than an hour on the show today. Any final words to help take our listeners into Valentine's Day? But really, Valentine's Day is is not really the point of all this. But just um, any parting words for our listeners to navigate love, dating, and relationships. <laughs> Oh that that's a loaded loaded question isn't it, is, it? Yeah. um but yes i i will say that um relationships are they are hard work and uh just like you said um and these are projects that span not days not months but years mm. and so they require uh, a lot of calibration recalibration transgressions happen i will say 
that for me, uh, I think if I, I could put just one word to it, I will say kindness. Um, for a relationship to work, there must be kindness. Um, and, uh, you know, you talk to 10 different people, they'll give you 10 different values that they think are essential for a relationship to work. Uh, there may be, you know, somebody will say respect, somebody will say loyalty, somebody will say trust, um, somebody will say exclusivity. Um, I think that um, with kindness, you really can't go wrong because it is such an all-encompassing word. Because kindness means what? It means that you are considerate of another person. Considerate of another person means acknowledging that they are individuals in their own right. They came to you with a certain baggage. They came with you with certain defining attributes that made them what they were, that attracted you to them in the first place. And so, uh, and, uh, like, and I, like I said, with their own ecosystems, right? So you take them as they are and... Uh, if you can do that with kindness, kindness will beget kindness. Because I've also seen, and I see this especially in very acrimonious uh, relationships, that um, there is so much respectful discussion that goes on in text messages. You know, they are so carefully worded. They are so respectful of the other person, but they are transactional. Mm. It is purely to elicit a response from another person that it is it is bereft of any kind of kindness yep yeah so kindness kindness is what we should all remember something um something we learn as kids yes. or we are taught or nurtured as kids thank you so much for joining me in the studio today a packed session with our licensed counselor here in core about love dating and relationships this has been health and living on bfm 89.9 you have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.